Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. All right, the title of my uh, message tonight is Christians Kiss and Make Up Steps for Reconciliation. Um, how many of you in this room, let's be super honest, we're not going to say names, we're not going to like elbow our partner, and be like, it was her! But how many of you have, you, you can honestly say um, that you have been hurt by a fellow Christian? So we're going to narrow it down, because you've been hurt by everybody in your life. You're welcome to humanity. But like somebody who said, I'm a Christian, and they hurt you, um, whether it was on accident or on purpose. Show of hands, let me see. Like, like, you, like legitimately, you remember going to sleep that night going, I'm really hurt right now. Keep them high, keep them high. Okay, uh, almost everybody. How did you feel? You felt hurt. <laughs> Sad heart, yeah, what else? Like what was going through your mind? What was going through your mind as you thought about it, huh? Why were you confused? Yeah. I thought she was a Jesus follower. Yeah, so you're confused. What else was going through your mind as you went to sleep that night? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Lauren. Did they mean it? Yeah, right, makes you insecure. You're like, is it true? Did they mean it? Am I that? Yeah, that's good, yeah. Others, others. What's going through your head when somebody hurts you? Yeah. Yeah, how many of you guys, like, you literally can't sleep because you just keep thinking over and over and over and over? Yep, yep. Yeah, go ahead. What's your name again? Alexis, tell me. Oh, Paulson. Oh, you guys literally both just raised your hand. Maybe you're fixing, fixing your hair. Okay. I'm offended. You hurt me. Okay. Um, anyone else? Anyone else? What, when you're hurt, when, when, when somebody injures you, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah. Am I good enough, right? I'll tell you what I'm thinking, and all of you guys are so nice. I'm thinking, like, dude, next time I see them, mm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, like, plotting my revenge. I'm being super honest, okay? You're like, but you're the pastor. I'm just being real, okay? Um, next question. Let me change it up a little bit. Um, have you ever hurt another Christian accidentally or on purpose? Raise your hand high. I want to see it higher. Elect- um, okay, so it's interesting. Every single person who said that you've been hurt, you've hurt someone. When it was brought to your attention, how did you feel? Yeah, yeah. Guilty. Okay. What else might you feel in a situation like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Anybody get defensive? I can think of all the reasons, but you don't understand. But, but, but. Yeah, what else might you feel? Yeah, Lauren. Yeah, the realization of like, I had no idea. Yeah, what else? What else? Give me a couple more. Your boy, your Jace comes up to you, right? And he's like, Justice, I can't believe it. When you were talking about me, I told you that secret in confidence and you told them? Why'd you do that? What do you feel when he brings that to your attention? How many people feel embarrassed when somebody, yeah. So this is, these are all examples of conflict, 
okay? You, as long as you are alive, as long as you have breath in your lungs and blood in your veins, you are going to butt heads with another person. You are going to have conflict. You are going to be hurt and you are going to hurt others, okay? And so there are two types of conflict that you need to know about, okay? Two types of conflict. The first one, I just call it expected conflict. Raise your hand if you're alive. Most of you, you will have conflict. All right, this is normal. This is conflict that is necessary for being alive, okay? We will all have conflict. We will all offend and hurt others. The more time that you spend with someone, the more offense you will have to deal with. That's normal. And so a lot of times when I was young, I was looking to have besties. I was looking for friends that I never fought with. And then I'd fight with someone and then I'd move on. Because obviously they weren't my friend because we fought. And then I'd find a new friend. I'd go, this is my friend. You're dead to me. And then I'd move on. And, then, and so it's very important for your age to understand. Conflict is normal, okay? If you think that conflict is a bad sign, then you will never have long-term friends because you will continue to leave relationships and move on. And your entire life will be one long history of ex-friends, okay? And then you're going to be singing Taylor Swift. Because baby, have bad blood, Right? And you used to have mad love. Hey, am I the only Taylor Swift? I'm probably the only Taylor Swift fan in the room. Notice all the adults are like, no, all right? You guys still listen to T-Swift? All right, respect the queen, okay? Um, so, all right, so here's the reason why. Do you know why you're going to have conflict with her? Do you like Leah? No, like for real, she's not listening. Tell me the truth. You really like her? Oh, all right. We'll talk about that. You like her though, right? She's your friend. Like you guys kick it. She's gonna hurt you. No, no, but seriously though, Leah, you like Lauren though, for real? Yeah, yeah, like seriously, you hang out? She's in your small group? Oh, cool, she's gonna hurt you. Yeah, you guys are gonna butt heads. Like, oh, 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 by the way, there's gonna be like a week, like three weeks from now, where she's gonna text you and you're gonna roll your eyes. Oh, 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 and by the way, she's gonna like see you in school and you're gonna like, in your heart, you're gonna be like, I really kinda wanna avoid her right now. Shh, right? Why is that? Like, why is conflict necessary and normal? Well, James tells us here, for we all stumble in many ways. Raise your right hand. Raise your right hand and say, I am a sinner. And that's why. Okay. Conflict is normal. Conflict is a part of life because we are all sinners and we are all dealing with sinners. And so that's expected. But there's a second type of conflict that's not good, that's not necessary, that's not, it does not have to be normal, and that's called unresolved conflict, okay? So this is like, this is like, we'll call it like level two. Level one is like, oh, me and Zanai, oh, we just kind of butt heads. But then, when the conflict has not been discussed and handled for a long period of time, we now have just escalated this from expected conflict to unresolved conflict. Hey, Zanai, we are not at peace. We are not cool, and neither of us are working toward restoring the peace, okay? So let me give you a metaphor. Imagine two cars are driving on the highway, and hey, it's just expected that those cars every once in a while are gonna swerve and go but there comes a point where maybe there's a boom, and both cars now stall out, and now something has stopped, okay? It is unresolved, and so let me ask you a question. Because I'm sure if you guys have all said you've been in conflict, I'm sure at least once in your life, that type of conflict has been an unresolved conflict. So let me ask you, what are some reasons that you avoid handling the conflict? 
Hey, this is an interactive session. Come on, I need, I need answers here. What are some reasons why people avoid handling the conflict? Zaniah. I'm, I'm just too stressed. I, I can't even, right? Like on a scale of one to 10, I can't. I can't even, yeah. I'm not going to deal with this because I was wrong, right? Uh, Hillary. What's the point of even dealing with this? It's not going to change anything. She's always been like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to talk to, I don't even want to look at them in their face, let alone talk to their face, right? Yeah. I don't want to hurt them, she said. Because if I'm bringing this up, they're the ones in the wrong. And maybe I don't want to hurt them. Yeah, good. What else? Why else might you uh, be willing to talk to everyone else about the drama except for that person? Tell me. They're not going to listen to me, right? So I might as well just talk to everybody else. Because then at least it'll get to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How so? He said it can lead to bigger problems. What do you mean by that? Yep, physically, yeah. Like, you know what? I don't like this conflict, but if I address it, it's probably just going to make it even bigger deal than it is. And so we allow these low-grade offenses to linger because we're scared of what it might become, right? Like, yeah, I kind of have a knife sticking into my side, but if I take it out, then, like, I may have to amputate my whole lower body, and so I might as well just live with a knife in my side. Makes sense, yeah. What, what else? Why might someone avoid... Um, Addressing conflict head on. Oh, it's too late. Dude, too much time has passed. Like, we're in 10th grade now, and I've been holding that grudge since 7th grade. Now I'm going to feel like an idiot if I bring it up. Oops. Some other reasons. It's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to talk to her because she just wants to win. I'm not going to talk to him because he won't listen to me. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Oh, Mia, please. Yeah, yeah. So embarrassing, especially when you're in the wrong, right? Yeah. Or sometimes, for me personally, it's even more embarrassing when I'm the one being wronged because it makes me feel like I'm being petty. And I go, if I was more mature, that wouldn't have bothered me. But it freaking does. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. We don't know where to start. We're still really angry or hurt. We're not the offender. She offended me, so why should I be the one initiating? Have you ever thought that? These are all reasons why we avoid um, resolving conflict. And so, let me tell you what God thinks of unresolved conflict, okay? Check this out. This is what God says. When he sees Mia and Eden not cool, when he sees a division between them because of unresolved conflict, when he sees Zaniah and, you look like an Aubrey. What's your name? I, knew, I was so close. I'm good at this, right? When Zaniah and Elisa, when they're divided and there's a conflict because it's necessary, and now that necessary conflict becomes an unresolved conflict, here's what God says. This is what God thinks of it. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Jesus, he's praying for his disciples people in the first century. But not only for his disciples there, he's praying for those who will believe in me. That's you 2,000 years later. And so he's praying for Elise, he's praying for Zaniah that they would be one. If me and you have unresolved conflict, are we one? No, Jesus doesn't like that, okay? Jesus' desire is for us to be one as brothers and sisters united with the same father. 
Jesus prayed for this, but he didn't just pray for it. He died for it. You guys got to listen to that again, right? Jesus didn't just pray for you guys to be sisters united. He didn't just pray for you guys to be brothers united. He literally died so that you could be in the same family. So when we have unresolved conflict, Jesus is like, don't you remember I died for that? Look what else he says. Romans 12, 8. Paul says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. God's desire is that you are at peace with your friends. He came to bring us together. And so he calls us and makes us responsible to maintain peace. And I'm gonna give you one more. This is huge because all of you have experienced unresolved conflict. How many of you would say right now in your life, there's one person at least you can think of that has unresolved conflict? All right, so this is real. And you're laughing, right? Yeah, we get it. We get it. So listen to this one, okay? All this is from God. All this, all the gospel, everything we're talking, it's from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. AKA, God's like, hey, me and you, we're cool now. We're good. We're at peace. We're one because of what my son Jesus did. And he has now committed to us the message of reconciliation. Here's the point. How can I go out and tell the world that God is making us cool with him and uniting us with him, but then me and you, nah, I'm not about that life. We can't be united. Hmm? What? Hey, let me tell you about my God who has given out tons of cash. Cool, can I have cash? Nah, I'm not giving you cash. You just said, wait, like God literally has reconciled us to himself and now he sends us out as ambassadors of reconciliation. And so if I'm not pursuing peace, if I'm not as a Christian wanting to resolve my conflict with you, that makes me a hypocrite at best. You see what I'm saying? It gets in the way of the message. So imagine you go to school, right? And there's a girl there who has just wronged you up and down, right? Talk about, like, Paulson, I'm talking like subtweets upon subtweets upon subtweets. It's like next level, right? And she confronts you, or you confront her, and you're like, you did this to me. And she's just like, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. No! You don't deserve it! You want to come to my youth group and learn about a God who will forgive you no matter what you've done? Like, do you guys see that? And so that's not cool. To not pursue peace and reconciliation, it makes us hypocrites. Because as Christians, we're spreading a message of forgiveness and reconciliation. And so let's get into it here. What do you do? How do you restore the peace? How do you reconcile with your brothers and sisters? You have two options. Everybody say two. You have two options when someone hurts your feelings, okay? And you guys have all said you've had your feelings hurt. You have two options. Number one, you can, is that you're still, you can overlook it. You can overlook it. Look what Proverbs says here. Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So if I'm, if I'm let's go back to the highway. If I'm running, me and Caleb Day here, we're living life, we're like, and we have a little like bump heads, a little collision, a little awkwardness. You actually don't need to address every single little hurt, right? If me and Eden are walking through the office, right, on the internship, and, like, she steps on my foot, I'm not going to call for a whole council meeting to go, we need to sit down? Because three weeks ago, 
you stepped on my toe. It's like, you know what? I'll swallow it. I, I can overlook that one. First uh, Peter 4, 8, love covers a multitude of sins. I'm, you know, ah, psh, don't worry about it. I'm just gonna cover over that. For me to bring that up, it's gonna be make, make more of a mess than it, than it really is. Sometimes the offense is so minor that we can just overlook it and move on. Like, think about it. Remember I said, we're all sinners. If we were to address every minor offense and every little conflict, our relationships would become impossible because we would have to talk about it every four seconds. Like, literally, right now, Lauren Curley would stop me. She goes, Sam, 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 like, like five minutes ago, when you did that weird voice thing and the accent, you really offended me because it sounded like you were imitating me. And so I think we want to talk about that. We literally would be like, urge, urge, urge. It's like student, it's like driver's ed all over. Urge, like I can't even go. Just, just forget it. Move on, overlook it. Justice is like too soon, bro. Too soon, right? And so how do you know if you're able to overlook it? How do you know if it's a minor enough offense to where it's like, ah, Eden just stepped on my toe? Or it's like, no, I really want to address this. Here's what you do. Go for a walk, relax, spend time with the Lord, and then go to sleep. That's the key there. Go to sleep, cranky pants. When you wake up, how do you feel? Okay, that's, so Zanaya comes to me. She's like, my friend Elise, you have no idea what she did to me tonight after youth group, even after your session. And I'm going, all right, all right, listen, listen. What did she do? She cut in front of me to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna go, oh no, she didn't, right? I'm with you on that, I'm offended, but you know what, let's do this, let's go, to, let's go for a walk, let's spend some time with the Lord, let's take a deep breath and then go to sleep. And when you wake up, how do you feel? If it's not that big of a deal anymore, overlook it. Seven times out of 10, you wake up, you don't even remember you were angry because you've calmed down, okay? But here's the kicker, if you are still bothered pay attention. Does the thought of seeing that person give you anxiety? How many of you guys have ever said, I don't want to go to school tomorrow because I don't want to see that person? Boom, 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 warning alert. That is a sign. You cannot overlook it. You're going to have to deal with it. Submerge. Like, it's like, you got to go in, okay? And so if you wake up in the morning and you are still dreading it, I'm anxious, I'd rather avoid it, then you're probably going to need to do option number two. You cannot overlook it. You need to address it. And this is what my entire session is about. Everything before this was an introduction because I want to teach you how to address it. And so I need, um, I need, a, uh, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Come on, Zanaya. You're right, come on, all right? Come on, Zanai. I'm gonna get you a chair. Um, and Zanai, me and you are gonna do a little, a little role playing, okay? I'm not gonna yell at you. You're gonna yell at me, okay? You're gonna call me really vulgar names. So I want you to practice your, your swearing right now in your head, okay? Um, and so let's say that Zanaya, we need to come up with like a, I want you to think about like a crazy, crazy conflict, like kind of realistic though but like a conflict that me and you had because we go to high school together, okay? Think about it. You, you, sit, you stay on that, okay? What do people do when they are typically told you hurt my feelings? What do they say? What do they say? I'm sorry. All right, and so do you have a situation yet? 
you keep working, you keep working, right? So, so, so I go up to Ken, and I go, Ken, bro, like, like, dude, you, like, in front of those other people, you, like, totally embarrassed me. Like, you were making fun of me, and at first I was trying to laugh because it was like, you know, like, all right, but I'll try to be a good sport, but, like, you were just merciless, man. Oh, I'm sorry. And what's the only thing that we're left to say? It's okay. And then you go home, and you're still angry, and you're lying in bed and you're still replaying it over and over like Paul over here and you wake up in the morning and you still don't want to go see that person because now it's awkward and now you just made it even worse and now you're asking your mom to homeschool you. Okay? Lily's like, now you get it. Um, See, when you just apologize, check this out, when you just apologize, I'm sorry, it's okay, it's not okay. When you just apologize, you are short-circuiting the process that needs to happen. Okay? When this person, when all they say is, I'm sorry, it's almost like a way of like, I don't want to talk, I'm sorry. And now you can't talk about it anymore. It's simply a way for the offender to be relieved of responsibility, but it leaves the offended person still hurt and reeling because they're unable to process. There needs to be way more of a process here. And if we just say, I'm sorry, we just short circuited the whole process. I still have unanswered questions. Do you know how this hurt me? Like, will you do this again? Like, can we still be friends? How do I know you're not gonna do this again tomorrow? And plus, how many of you know this is not true? It's not okay with you. That's not okay. And so we're lying when we say that. And so I believe that there is a better way to address conflict and to keep unresolved conflict from piling up. And to do so, I'm going to give you a script. So turn the page. You're literally getting, I literally have a script for you, okay? And it's going to feel awkward. And that's why we're going to role play here. And then you guys are going to get to role play uh, because it just takes practice. It just takes practice. Um, and so I actually, I think I entered it down and put this on a page by itself so you can rip this out and hang it up in your room somewhere if you need to, okay? Um, this is a better way to address conflict to keep unresolved conflict from piling up. Um, it can seem awkward, especially when you're used to either ignoring it. Like, this is so awkward. Well, what do you normally do? I don't do anything. Yeah, this is going to be awkward, okay? Um, but it's a sure way to make sure that everything needs to be said is said. So, are you ready? There are two parties in every conflict. What are they called? Say it again. The offender and the offended. Who do you want to be in your made-up scenario? You're the, the, what, do you know the scenario yet? Uh, okay, so I came, okay. I came up with like one. Um, so there's like four of us and okay. we're like a group at school, you know, what do we do and group? Like what kind of extracurricular we just activities? like, we just like play sports together. Ooh. We just always hang out oh, for sure. and for sure. you were really mad at the person because I was mad. Yeah. You were, you were, yeah, yeah. You were mad at me and, um, <laughs> you were mad at me and you were saying some things to me cause you were mad at the other girl. I was so also. mad at her. And you were, yeah, you were talking bad about her after Wait, practice. Wait, am I a girl in this situation? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you, you were talking bad about her to me after practice, yep. and I went to go tell her, and you got really, really mad at me. Oh, did you and it started that? a whole bunch of drama. Okay. So I was doing what was perfectly acceptable, talking about that girl behind her back because, duh, right? And so, like, I told her, and then she went and told her that I told her, and I was like, uh uh. Okay. And so I am. What am I? Am I offender? Offended? Um, so I was mean to you? It was that? No, 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 no. 
I was angry at you, though. You hurt my feelings by betraying what I told you. All right, I'm going to tweak it slightly. Not because I don't mind being a girl. That's cool. I'll say the girl. But um, we're going to change it. I wasn't talking to you about her. I was talking to you about my sister and some of the drama going on in our own household. And I was confiding in her because I just needed somebody to talk to because my mom is cray-cray, my dad is cray-cray, and my sister is my sister, okay? And so I was telling her this, and I found out later that she went and told all of our other teammates what happened in my household. You guys get it? Okay. And so I find out that night. Guess how I found out, though? Because I saw it on Twitter. And they weren't dropping any names. It was like, can you believe I just heard that someone up in here did this in their house? I was like, they know. And so the next day at school, I see her and my heart is racing. My palms are sweaty. I, right? I don't even, I don't know what to do right now. And so that's a sign. Should I just like overlook this offense? Do I overlook it? What should I do? I got to address it. And so we're going to talk and we're going to have a heart to heart right now. Action. Step one. These are the steps. Seven steps to have this conversation. And I'm not just going to tell her what she did and she's not just going to say, I'm sorry. And I'm definitely not going to be like, it's okay. Okay. Here's the steps we're going to take. Number one, the offended person. Who's the offended person? Me. I'm going to say, here's what you did. Action and how it hurt me, my feelings, okay? Because a lot of times we come and we dump on someone and we tell them how angry we are and they're like, time out, time out, what are you even talking about? So we gotta make sure here's the offense. So I'm gonna practice right now with you, Zanai, right? I'm gonna say, when you said that you wouldn't tell anybody and then went and told all of our other teammates, action, I felt betrayed, I felt infuriated. I, I felt like, like, like I couldn't trust you anymore. And, and I felt like you were trying to ruin all my friendships because that was so embarrassing. You did this. I felt this. And what, did, what is she saying right now? Nothing. Ears open. She's listening, okay? That's step one. When you said this, I felt like this. It made me so angry feeling when you did this action. That's step one, okay? A lot of times before you can even get to step one, you need to organize your thoughts, right? Sometimes you need to write it down. Sometimes you come and if you don't prepare for step one, you're like, you just, you're just like the biggest meanie ever and like the friends and you're dumb. And they're just like, what are we even talking about? And you're not making it any better. And so action, feelings. What did they do? How am I feeling? Step one. Who goes in step two? Read the screen. Who goes in step two? Offender. Now look what she responds. She says, I'm sorry. Nope, that's not what she does. She's going to confess her wrong actions. Confess slash own up slash admit. I did this. And here's the kicker. I'm going to tell you why I did that. I'm going to tell you my motives. Do you want to give it a try? Read it, read it. Practice the yellow in your own heart. Read that. Okay? And you're going to come up with your own reason because you're the actor, you're the director here. You're going to tell 
No, no, no. This is just like an example, okay? So it, it, shh, I don't care. All right, you ready? So, all right, action. Yeah, when you told those girls, I, when you did that, when you told them something that you weren't supposed to tell them, I felt betrayed, hurt, embarrassed, and I felt isolated. What do you have to say for yourself? Ooh, what did she almost say? Oh, right? Stick to the script. Where's your script? Where's your script? Step two. I own up, okay. I own up to what I did, and I did say that to them just because I needed somebody to talk to because I felt stressed out for you, and it was the wrong thing to do, and I'm sorry. I should have just came to you and talked to you about it. Decent, decent. What, what I would do is, I, like when you confess it, don't be like, I confess I did wrong. No, like, I did this. I went and talked to them behind your back. I betrayed your con- The more that you can validate I did this wrong based off what they told you, the better. Because when she does that, it makes me, the offended, go, she heard me. She knows exactly to the extent of what we're talking about, okay? And then what were your motives? Why did you betray my confidence and tell those girls something that you shouldn't have told them? Because I was stressed out for you. I needed somebody to talk to you about it. But I felt like I couldn't talk to you because I didn't want to hurt your feelings about it anymore. So those are her motives. What are some other motives that maybe less kind girls would have talked to my teammates for? What are some reasons why people would gossip and tell things they shouldn't? Man, I knew that if I can tell them a juicy piece of gossip, that like I'd be more in and they'd think I'm cool. Good, what else? Yeah. Say, say it again louder. Maybe they have something going on at home and they feel insecure and they just want to tell to take the, the spotlight off of their life. Yeah. Dude, ooh, I can have a good reputation. Mia? attention, right? So whatever it is, good, bad, or ugly, when the offender tells me their motives, it starts to even create understanding and sometimes empathy for her, right? Because what we do is when we're hurt, we make up their motives in our heads. She did that because she hates me. And then she goes, dude, I did that because like my parents don't love me and they told me that and I really wanted to make focus on somebody else's situation because it makes me feel better. Oh, snap. Okay. And now we're that much more closer to being reunited again, right? Because there's understanding. So, yeah, I, I got to admit, I, I said something hurtful. Like, I, I confess my wrong actions. I don't just say my motive. I was jealous. You were getting so much attention from the rest of the team, and they thought you were cool, and, and you just like, dude, your muscles are like so big, bro. You know, I just switched metaphors midway there. Like, like all the other swimmers, all the other swimmers think that you're the coolest. And so I just thought if I told them about your drama, that like it would knock you down. Wow, that's real talk, but it's necessary. All right, step three, who goes now? She keeps the mic. And she, not, so she said what she did wrong. She confessed her motives. And now she's going to acknowledge the pain that I'm feeling. Okay, I give it a try. I see that I really hurt you, and I see that I put you in a really uncomfortable situation and made you feel very embarrassed, not only because of me, but for our whole team, because they all know now. And I really 
those were not, I really should not have done that. And I'm truly sorry for hurting you. Now she can finally say she's sorry because she's owned up to it. She confessed her motives and she acknowledged the pain it hurts. Sometimes you have to stop there because she'll, she'll say like, man, I, I, I see, I really hurt you. Like, I just like made you embarrassed. And then sometimes you go, but wait, I don't think you heard everything. It's, I didn't just feel embarrassed. Like I felt betrayed. And it's like, and then she's going to come back and try to go, oh, I see that. Like when I did that, I also caused you to feel betrayed and, and rejected and all those things. So you want to make sure as the offender, when somebody confronts you like this, that you're up, you're, um, you want to make sure that you are hearing and understanding all of the feelings that the complex human being is feeling. Make sense? You did a really good job of that. Um, and then we get to the offender. Oh, you're the offender. Yep. Final. So it's not done yet. She said, I'm sorry, but she needs to do one more thing. Go ahead. I know that I really hurt you, and um, I really hope you forgive me. I hope that we can move past this, and I will not do that something like that again to you. Not, are, are you just step four. Are you hoping that I forgive you? I really hope that you forgive me. Are you me. asking me to forgive you? Okay. I ask you to forgive me. There it is. That's the easiest step. Please forgive me. Because that's the humblest part where you acknowledge, yeah, I'm in your debt. Like, you could totally do something bad to me and totally be justified. Could you just stop holding the against me anymore? Could you please forgive me? Yeah. And now me as the, or, or, or one more, I'm sorry, you're not done yet. Please forgive me. And now, and you actually did this already without even meaning to, you express a desire to change. Please forgive me, but I'm just going to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> Please forgive me. I, like, I literally don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't even realize that I'm gossiping. Like, I don't even realize that I'm giving you dirty looks. Like, I don't even realize that I'm belittling you, belittling you when we're hanging out in a group of friends. Like, I don't want to be that kind of person anymore. I have a desire to change. And depending on your relationship, you may even throw in there, but you help me grow in this. If you see me doing those things around those friends, would you even like be a source of help to change? Okay. So you don't that one. I don't want to do this again. I want to go in a different direction. Help me to grow. Be a part of the, that change. Makes sense. All right. And now me, I'm sitting here crying. Like, <laughs> you know, because she has just acknowledged her, her wrongdoing, expressed her motivation. Acknowledged the pain it caused me, requested forgiveness, told me her desire to change, and now me as the offended, I'm going to dance forgiveness. I forgive you, Zaniya. I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. I refuse to continue to make you pay for this sin. I'm not going to bring it up three weeks from now to be like, yeah, you deserve that because what you did to me. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to bring this up. I'm making a decision. It may, it may take me a couple of days to get over it you know, emotionally, but like, I'm, I'm choosing to forgive. Forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. And a lot of people say, I'm not ready to forgive them because I'm still a little bit angry when I think about it. That's normal. Forgiveness is a decision. I am not going to make them pay. I am not going to try to seek revenge. I am not going to try to hurt them back. Because to not forgive would be, Zania tells me a secret. And she's like, Sam, you just don't understand what's going on at home. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I go, oh, really? <laughs> and I go to my teammates and you go, guess what I just learned? That's making her pay. Forgiveness says I will not make you pay. 
okay? And then here's where we end. Step seven, we pray for each other. Always end in prayer because you're brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Or sister, sister in Christ. What's up? Uh, so you pray for each other. Um, and the offender, like she's gonna pray that God would heal me of any lingering hurts. Because like I said, that's human. You're gonna be thinking about this for a few days if it really, really hurt, you know? So just pray for that, for that person's lingering feelings that you've hurt. Um, me, I'm gonna pray that God would help that person grow and change. So you ready? I want you to two sentence prayer for me. Pray that God would heal me of any hurts. I pray that any family issues you have at home or anything that you were going through in your life, that God blesses you and helps you. And I don't know. Just yeah, like, pray, pray specifically, not for my pain at home. You just want me to say that? that you cause me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I pray for the hurts that I've caused to anybody and you. And I pray that this just helps me grow. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Amen. And then I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to go, God, Zaniah confessed that she told those friends because she wanted to be cool, because she wanted to have attention, because she wanted to fit in. Would you help her be a person who is secure in you, not in what other people think of her? Would you pray, help her to overcome her, her penchant, her, her, her tendency for gossip? so that she would be a person of peace and not a person who causes division. I pray that you would make her more mature. Pray that you would make her more secure. Pray that she would become a grown up. Now I'm blessing her with my mouth. And I'm telling you, when you start to pray for someone and bless them with your words and your mouth out loud, your heart follows. And by actually doing this, the Lord uses that to help me with this. Because you realize as you pray for them, oh shoot, I'm actually feeling God's heart for them. Powerful, okay? And then we're both gonna pray that this episode would be a lasting image of the gospel's forgiveness. That for the rest of my life, when I see this girl and she's my homie and I dab her up and I go, oh shoot, we used to be enemies for that week because we had so much drama and now we're cool. And we're gonna go, bing, bing, bing. That's exactly what it's like with Jesus. So I pray that every single relationship that we have had to have repair on would become another living example of my life of what God has done for me in Jesus. If me and all my friends were cool forever and never had any conflict and were besties, that's a blessing, sure. But the more friends I have in my entourage and in my squad that we've had to work through this, the more reminders I have of like, dude, Jesus is in the business of reconciling people and he's in the business of reconciling us with him. Do you get it? Any questions about these seven steps? Any questions? Yes, Ken. Ooh, great segue. Look at the bottom of your paper there. Final notes. Final notes. Um, I think it's there, right? Does it say final notes? Yep, final notes. Number one, keep short accounts. Okay, so every time Zania offends me, I have a little, um, I have like a little like receipt thing, like, uh, like when you go to the store and you have like a receipt, you know what I mean? So I have like one of those little like, dee, 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 like you type it in and it's like, ding. you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so have you guys ever bought something? Okay, cool, right? So they scan the item and then the receipt at like Safer's like, zzz, zzz, and every time you scan something, like yo, my wife goes to Costco, that receipt is like a book. I'm like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, how many of you have long receipts at your house, right? Every time somebody hurts you, it, it types it on the receipt. 
Don't let the receipt get so long before you deal with it. Dude, I have something that, that she just offended me on. I'm going to rip off the receipt. I'm going to keep my accounts short, and I'm going to go, and we're going to go talk about that. Sometimes what happens is, and this happens between you and your parents, between you and your siblings, between you and friends. Mostly it's family, because friends, we just move on. Family, they're there forever, so they're racking up the bill. Sometimes your accounts become so long that you don't even know where to start. And my advice to you would be, choose one. Because if you come to the offender and you go, here's what you did to me five years ago. It's like, dude, there's just, that's not realistic. So if you guys keep short accounts, this gets easier and easier and easier. Number two, to Ken's question, um, consider a mediator. Not everybody knows the script. Not everybody has the skills to do this. You don't even necessarily have the skills to do this yet because you sat in a 30-minute breakout session. Sometimes the offense is so complicated and, and, and heavy and emotionally taxing that you need an older, you need a Paul, a Ken, a Jen, a Jen, a Courtney, a Hillary. You need a Keem. You need one of us to come in and help you mediate. And I'm warning you right now, your friends are going to go, that's so weird. And you're going to go, yep, let's do it. Because teenagers don't do this. Teenagers don't say, dude, I really value our relationship and our long-term history, so why don't we get a mediator to re repair the, the relationship here? They're gonna go, uh, just delete you and block you and cuss you out. Like, like, why are we doing? You need a mediator. I've been a youth pastor now for eight years. I promise you, every time that I've done this with my students, they have left grateful. And I always ask them the same question. Are you glad you did that? Absolutely. I have never had a thing with a student, and, I'm, and, I'm, and when I'm the mediator, I don't sit there and go, you did this? How could you? I go, all right. So Zaniah, you're the offended. You go first. And I sit there, and I just let her talk. And then when this person goes, blah, 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 I go, oh, shit. oh, actually, no, it's her turn. And so I just let her talk. And they go, hey, did you hear what she said? Can you repeat back to her what she said? Well, she said that she was just mad. No, that's actually not what she said. Let's try it again. Okay, you go. And that's all I do. I just literally sit there and I just help them get through the script. And at the end, I always go, are you guys glad you did that? And they're in tears. Like, <laughs> I'm like ugly crying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so happy. I have my friend back. You know? I'm like, yo, get a tissue for your issue, right? Um, I say that in my head, though, because that would make them offended. So, um, so does that make sense? Other, other questions about these steps? Because we're going to practice. All right. Pair up. Here we go. Pair up. You have 30 seconds to figure out who's going to be the offender and who's going to be offended. You stay here. Because um, you need to help. Actually, no, you go back. You go back. Jen, you're going to think of a situation, okay? 30 seconds. Figure out rock, paper, scissors. And Jen is going to give you a hypothetical made-up situation. And then you guys get to choose who's the offender, who's the offended, and then you're going to practice the steps, okay? Everybody on the Zoom room, are you ready? I want you to practice this. Go get your mom and dad right now and tell them that, they, that you're about to offend them, okay? Okay, here's your situation. So you all have um, some type of social media? Yes? Okay. So you have a person in your life that is intentionally trying to make your life miserable. It's been known. It's, it's pretty known within your circle. Okay, you've decided to have boundaries with that person and just love them from afar. But you have a bestie, and that's who you confide in about how you really feel about this person. Okay, you with me? 
And then all of a sudden, your bestie goes and tells your three other friends, and it spreads. So it doesn't just spread um, like in your close circle at school. It goes on social media, and it also interrupts your daily life. All of a sudden, you're with someone, and they're getting a text that you're talking, and you really feel this way about a person, and you shared this, and you shared that, and you're actually sitting right next to the person who's, um, or you're sitting with the person as they receive the text. So this is drama. Like, it's layers and layers of drama. I think all the girls in here are going, yes, I can relate to this. But it's a layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of drama. Are you tracking me? Okay. So what do you do? Because the person that's stirring this whole entire pot is supposed to be your best friend and the only person that knew that you truly feel this way. And you're trying to be nice. You had no intentions of being hurtful, but now it's everywhere. What do you do with your bestie? All right, all right. Anyone not done? <clears throat> Perfect. So I have a few questions for you guys. A few questions. What is the most difficult step for you in that process? <clears throat> Go ahead. Why is that? Yeah. Okay. The forgiveness one was the hardest part for you? Okay. Hillary? Mm. Yep. Yeah. I confess, I did talk about you because you always make me want to. Oop. Now you're not owning it. That's not confessing you're wrong. That's pawning off your wrong. Really good. That, I'm not good at that. I'm become a blamer in conflict. It's like evasive maneuvers. <laughs> yeah. help me grow. She said it's the hardest because you know that you might do it again. Yeah. Others, what was the hardest step? Which step of the process brings you the most healing when you're the offended? Which part of the process when you were the offended made you go, wow, like I, that, was the, that was the time I most felt my hard heart soften. Mia. When they reflected back that back to you, that felt good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If they're genuine about what they're saying, that feels good. What else? What part of the process made you most? <sighs> I'm gonna be able to get over this. Yeah, Lauren. Say it one more time. Deciding when to confess. So just step one, even just getting to the point of saying how they hurt you, that felt good. Cool. Good. All right. How many of you think that there's one, um, how many of you can think of at least one situation that you can go and apply this this week? How many of you think there's a conversation in the next seven days you can use what you've learned today to go and have a good conversation? Good. Go and do it. And then your homework, two homework assignments. Go and do it. And then number two, tell the person that you're sitting next to you right now how it went. So justice, the dude next to you, 
within the next seven days, he's going to tell you how it went, okay? You're going to tell her how it went, right? Who else said they have somebody they can talk to with these skills? Dubs. Tell her how it went. How many of you would say that you would prefer and you're even requesting to have a mediator for one of those conversations? How many of you say, if I could have a youth staffer mediate this, I would love that? Okay, good. If it escalates to the point where you need a mediator, no problem.